Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Born in the Rockies, Coors Light is lagered cold for a crisp, clean taste. Filtered cold to ensure clarity and brightness. And packaged cold for peak refreshment. Because those who thirst for more deserve the world's most refreshing beer. Welcome to the Hawks Talk Podcast, brought to you by your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. Hopefully you've thawed out over the weekend from last week's oh, man. ridiculous freeze. Slavko Bekovic here with Charlie Romeliotis. To recap our visit with the Rockford Ice Hogs that we had about a week ago um, during the Blackhawks extended break, we got a lot out of that visit. We talked we to five or six of the players as well as head coach Derek King. Um, that, ni- that trip down 90, it's, it's <laughs> not really fun for anyone involved. But the guys down there are working hard. Yeah. The, as we were driving down there, the weather got progressively worse. And I was like, what is, what is going on down here? It, we were wearing sunglasses. We were, we were in Chicago. Yeah, and By the time we got to, like, Huntley, it was brutal. <laughs> we were like, is it, is it already nighttime over here? But, no, it, it, was, a, it was a fun visit. And I thought we – it was cool because the last time we went to Rockford, it was in May. And Pat and I went, and it was in the middle of their playoff run. They were just getting ready for the Western Conference Final. You know, so it was kind of a little bit hectic. Guys were preparing for, for uh, you know, the, the conference finals. And this time it was more low-key, catching up with individual players. And they couldn't have been more gracious with their time. And it was cool to see, uh, you know, just the the roster from the Ice Hogs roster this year is so different compared to last year. Yeah. Because a lot of the guys from last year are now in Chicago. And especially during the playoff run, because exactly the guys, when the Hawks season was over, they were like, hey, go to Rockford. Let's play. Right. Exactly. At the end of the regular season in Chicago, you know, David Camp, like John Hayden was, I believe, was already down there. But all these guys that were in Chicago went down there to help load up for that playoff run. So it was a good learning experience for all of that. I think next year, though, we're going to see this is kind of a transition year. Next year, we're, we're going to see all these got the, the pipeline get replenished in Rockford with, with the forwards and the defensemen and. You know, Ian Mitchell, Adam Boquist, Yoki Haru um, got sent down there. So, he, you know, he, now he's part of that mix. All of these guys, Evan Barrett, uh, Philip Kurashev, like all these guys have a potential to sign their entry-level contracts next year. So they I think it's just loaded. a – They could be they loaded. They could be loaded. And, and you know, Jer- they got – Jeremy Colleton got ripped away from them at mm-hmm. the beginning of the year. And, and uh, so did Sheldon Brookbanks. So now Derek King is the interim coach. So a lot of – there are a lot of moving parts here. So I'm not necessarily uh, – I'm not surprised that Rockford is kind of struggling right now. They, they're they're and they've been decimated with injuries as well. They've right. been yeah, there's a lot going on in Rockford. So I think this is this one of those years where you know you try kind of just let the individual uh, performances stand out. And it really can't be understated just how much of a loss it is for Jeremy Colleton for Rockford to go Absolutely. to the Blackhawks because I mean he was the guy in charge and. All these guys that we talked to were very grateful for what Colleton was able to do with them last season, helping them through that playoff run. 
And I mean, certainly he's missed in Rockford, but Derek King, I feel like a lot of the guys really like how King is a, um, basically helping them with their mentality. You know, we yeah. understand you're in Rockford, you want to be in the NHL, but you got to work hard at the same time. When, when you do well, you're going to get praised for it. And I think a lot of the players kind of had that mindset when it comes to King. Yeah, I, I think I think Derek King is the perfect inter- interim coach right now because, you know, some of the, some of the people I talked to have said like Derek King like loves to be part of the guys. You know, he's part he's of the bro. group. Yeah, you know, he's a bro. Yeah, character. you know what I mean. So that that's good for that group, especially when things aren't going your way, where guys are getting called up left and right, and inj- you're getting plagued by injuries, and you're just not having a great season. So it's it's important to have that kind of that kind of coach down there to to help with with that process. So. Uh, I think I think it'll get better uh, starting next season. It's just, it's just a transition year for both Rockford and the Blackhawks. We we talked to a handful of guys one on one. We sat down with them and and kind of grilled them for a few minutes. And let's start with Dylan Secura. Uh, he was the guy, basically how we look at Evan Barrett today. A year ago, that was Dylan Secura. He was tearing it up in Northeastern. Uh, Hobie Baker Award finalist, one of the top prospects in college. The Hawks sign him. He has a rough go in his final few games in the regular season. Doesn't make it to the Blackhawks out of training camp this year, which I think a lot of people were surprised, and I think he was probably surprised. Plays well in Rockford, gets recalled, still can't find the score sheet. I think he only had three assists in 11 games with the with the Blackhawks before getting sent back down. Mm-hmm. I think you and I both came away very impressed with his mindset and how he's handled it so far. Yeah, I think when he first got sent down, that was, you know, everyone was slotting him. They were you know, there were some people slotting him in to be in the top six forward group. Like, he could be a first-line player with uh, alongside Jonathan Taze and Brandon Saad. So when he didn't make the team out of training camp, that was – I'm sure he had a, a pretty tough time with that because, you know, I'm, I'm he was this highly touted prospect coming out of college, uh, you know, uh, uh, one of the finalists for the Hobie Baker Award where he was up there with his teammate. He put up big numbers in college, so I'm sure he had a lot of ex- expectations for himself. And then when, when you don't – make the Blackhawks out of training camp, you're kind of questioning yourself, like, you know, do I even belong here? Like, what do I need to improve on? So I'm sure it took him a while to kind of get over that initial hump. It probably took him a few weeks and in, in, into the Rockford season. And then after that, you know, he got called up. He was putting up solid numbers with, with the Ice Hogs. He got called up, and the, the, the immediate thing, and I told this to Dylan, too, that the one thing I noticed about him when he got called back up is I didn't see him overthinking anymore. Right. It was just Jeremy was up there, Jeremy Colleton was up there, and he was playing Patrick Kane, Jonathan Day's heavy minutes. So Dylan Sakura wasn't getting exactly the ice time that he maybe deserved, or when he did get the ice time, it was hard because he's been sitting on the bench for, you know, a long stretch, eight or nine minutes in a row without having a shift because there's a power play, and then there's a TV timeout, and then the first line's back out there, and Patrick Kane is... So it was hard for him to, to take advantage of that role in a limited ice time, so... Uh, I still think he he's uh, a, a perimeter player where he can you know make uh, he's he had he generated a lot of scoring chances in his first couple games right. and he just didn't finish like I, I asked him how frustrating was it that you couldn't even so get one off the skate on him, right? you know yeah. you couldn't even get one off the skate or you couldn't even get a tip it whatever and he said it was a, it was a challenge you know so I think back in Rockford he had a great mindset I, I think uh, this is going to be really good for his development because he's not. There was a lot of pressure the first time when he got called up. It was when are they going to call up Sakura? When are they going to call up Sakura? Right. He, when is he going to be ready? They need now. They it's had that like losing streak. They weren't scoring, and everyone's exactly. thinking this seems like an easy fix. Right. So when he gets called up the second time, or when he gets back sent sent down the second time, it's more like okay, 
Just focus on your development. Go at your own pace. Like, there's no pressure here. The Blackhawks are out of a playoff spot. They're not making it. So this is where, you you know, if you just want to spend the rest of the year in Rockford trying to hone your game and, and trying to plan all those situations. He wasn't getting power play time in Chicago. You know, obviously, they're, yeah. they're, they're so loaded up there. Derek with, King admitted to that. You know, that's, that's where he's going to get a lot of his points in a place like Rockford or at Northeastern. In the Blackhawks, you're not going to yeah. see those minutes on the power play because of all the other talent you've got. Exactly. Especially with how hot it's been lately. Yeah, exactly. So the next time he gets called up, you want to make sure that he's ready. Because if he gets sent back down, you know, a third time or whatever, then at that point you're starting to question the development and right. starting to question who he is as a player. And I thought one of the interesting things we talked to Derek King at the first time he got sent down is Sakura struggled a little bit with what kind of player he wants to mm -hmm. become. And I thought that was an important observation because – some of these players put up huge numbers in college and then they come here to the NHL and they expect to be that same type of player. Totally different game. It's a totally different game. So he might be a third liner in the NHL where you're a, a, an effective third line guy that can you know, play a, a specialty team's role, you know, jump in in the power play occasionally. And maybe he's coming to grips with that. You know, I don't think he's necessarily that top six, or that top six guy where he's going to be your your driver. But I think he, he could be a, a really good third liner on a good team. Yeah, I, I think in, in an ideal world, he's a very good third liner for a, a future Blackhawks competing team. He's got the kind of game where he can, you know, quick strike scoring ability. He's got great speed. Yeah. And that's one of the things he told to us as well. You know, he he knows his speed plays. You know, he, he, he felt like he belonged. And he right. got a great assist on Brennan Perlini's goal in the Winter Classic. He told us how great of an experience that was. Mm -hmm. So I think every bit of experience he's gotten has been a learning experience, and he's taken it and running with it. Uh, another guy that's kind of had a, a learning experience, whether he wanted to or not, is Anton Forsberg. And, you know, he was put in a really tough situation last season with Corey Crawford going down. And, you know, it was interesting to me when, when he told us, that was never the part of the plan, right? Yeah. Corey Crawford was never supposed to go down midseason or before that, and now all of a sudden in a playoff race, I'm the number one guy. It was supposed to be a de developmental year, 20, 30 starts maybe at most, and then two years down the road, maybe Forsberg is the guy. And obviously being half of the deal for Artemi Panarin plays a lot into it as well. Um, Absolutely. I thought when you asked him what he sees as far as his future with the Blackhawks organization, I thought that was a very telling question in the fact that he knows it's really up to him. If he plays well, he's going to get a shot somewhere. Yeah. He, he, listen, he has gotten a, he has drawn a very tough straw in Chicago. Like Big he time. is very, you get traded as part of the package that sent Panarin to Columbus and Brandon Sod back to Chicago. The, the big part of the deal was the Panarin Sod trade, obviously, but, the Blackhawks don't do that deal if Forsberg is not included because they had just traded Scott Darling. Right. And you're asking Forsberg to fill into these shoes, Scott Darling's shoes, where he, he was probably the best backup goaltender in Blackhawks history. Like, he, they don't want to stand the cup in 2015 right. without him. Yeah. And when Corey Crawford went down the year after and then the year after that, Scott Darling stepped in seamlessly. So when Anton Forsberg gets traded to Chicago, he's the guy. And he yep. won a Calder Cup. You have to remember, too, when, when Forsberg was acquired, top prospect goalie Colin Delia, was not, that didn't exist. That wasn't right. a thing yet with the Blackhawks organization. Right, and he hadn't even made a name for himself right. in Rockford yet. Right. So he, yeah, Colin Delia wasn't even in the picture. So when they were trading for Forsberg, they were expecting him uh, to, to become that backup. But he had just won a Calder Cup uh, two years prior to the trade, and he was terrific for 
for Columbus's minor league affiliate. Uh, he won all nine of his starts in the playoffs, and his save percentage was like 949 yeah. or something, and he had two shutouts. And then he, he turned in a really good season the year after that. So the, the Blackhawks thought, and Forsberg probably thought too, that he was ready for the next step. The problem is he only had started in 10 NHL games going into that season as Crawford's backup. So when Corey Crawford goes down in December, the Blackhawks are, I think they're, they were like a point or two out of a playoff spot. So they're still in the playoff race. And then you're asking Anton Forsberg, Forsberg to, to be the guy, to, to keep you guys in the bubble and to keep them you know, floating. And things just went off the rails when Crawford went down. And that wasn't necessarily on Forsberg. It was just you had an inexperienced goaltender and another inexperienced backup in Jeff Glass and Berube. And they tried all these different things and it wasn't working. So then coming into this year, uh, you know, they signed Cam Ward because they needed a veteran to, to back up Coy Crawford to just make sure things don't go sideways again next year. And Forsberg is then they're carrying three goaltenders when Crawford returns, and then he gets sent to wa- through waivers. He clears, and that now he's with the Ice Hogs. And so he's, it's a very tough situation. I think he's, he's handled it like a complete pro. Like even when he went through waivers, he was saying, like, I can't control that, and right. I'm going to do everything I can to. Everyone we, sp- we spoke to had high praise for how he's handled it as well. Keith yep. said, you know, he's, he's been a pro out there, although he joked, you know, I like to stay away from the goalies because yeah. it's weird. But, yeah, but, um, but we talked to Peter Aubrey beforehand right, too exactly. off the record, and, and he had nothing but great things to say about Forsberg's mentality too. So it's telling when, when people are saying how he's handling the situation. But Forsberg knows. Like when we interviewed him, he said, I think about it every day, the goals that I gave up that snowballed into two or three right. when they shouldn't have. And I don't know, maybe that's part of the problem that he thinks about it every day, but it also – you can see how much it, he cares about wanting to fix it. So I'm not sure where he fits into the plans now. He's a restricted free agent uh, this summer. So with the emergence of Colin Delia, I'm sure he's going to get a strong look as Corey Crawford's backup next season if you know uh, if Crawford is healthy and wants to play going forward and he's part of the Blackhawks' plans. Uh, so I'm not sure where Forsberg fits in, but I, I think it's important for him to continue to focus on his development in Rockford and make sure that he can put the – Blackhawks in a tough situation where they have to decide and it's actually it's it's nice to hear too that you know he's almost kind of taken on a leadership role with Rockford because he's got a lot of NHL experience whether he was ready for it or not that's you know besides the the point um, everybody talked about his mindset going in and working hard every single day they have another young goalie in Kevin Lankinen yep and Forsberg has been kind of a role model for him and helping him get adjusted to the AHL and and that it's good to hear that you know it hasn't totally derailed him he's still young he still has a lot of talent. He's played pretty well in Rockford, been a lot more consistent. And, you know, I think we would all say a year ago at this point, if he would just not have that soft goal that all of a sudden snowballed into two or three, you're looking at a really, really good goalie prospect. Yeah, and, and I think the, the big thing with him is he's very structurally sound. Like, he's a very he's a very uh, technical goaltender where, you know, he's never he's rarely out of position and things like that. It's just... Uh, it's just between the ears with, with, with him. If he lets up a goal that that maybe he he thought he shouldn't he should have had or things like that, it, he's got to forget it right away. And I think he's done a good job of that in Rockford. The the guy that I really enjoyed talking to the most is Victor Aitzel. Um <laughs> big big dude. I mean, you can see him on the ice from forever away, and he's just so much bigger than a lot of the guys in Rockford because they do have a lot of smaller players. But Aitzel, um, you'd think with his size that he's kind of a true or he should be a true power forward, but he's got a heck of a shot. Um, you know, obviously for him, and he admitted it himself, skating and his speed is going to be 
the biggest key for him to be a productive NHL player. Yeah, and when we asked him about it, he said he actually doesn't mind his top speed. Right. It was, he was content about that. And, you know, then I kind of followed up. I was like, it's the acceleration that, exactly. you know, it's, it's that. For, it's getting it's those, to top speed. Exactly. It's those strides that you need that explosiveness to get to that top speed. And I think that's something he's always going to be working to improve because that, it, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily get better as you, you know, you can't just become fast. You know, you can yeah. do, you could do things. A lot to of maybe, guys wish they could. Yeah. You could do things to help your explosiveness and your acceleration, but you can't, you know, just become Connor McDavid overnight. So, but I, he, he's, he's been in a tough situation and he was actually one of my, you know, when I was doing research on his story, Boy, this guy, I don't think there's a prospect in hockey that had a busier 2017 He might have played more games season. than anybody not in the NHL last year. So he started his regular season in mid-September in Sweden. And that season goes up until early March. The playoffs start. They, you know, it's not even a very long playoff run. They, they, get, they lost both games in the playoffs. So he got eliminated on March. Their team got eliminated March 14th. A week later... He flies overseas to North America and joins the Rockford Ice Hogs, who, by the way, he, in the middle of that end of the season, he got traded from Nashville to Chicago. Right. So he, he, found, he, got, he got a new NHL home. And when he joined the Ice Hogs, he played in a, back-to-back, a set of back-to-back games at home. The next day, he got a call up to Chicago. And the very next day, he made his NHL debut, stayed with the Blackhawks until the end of the regular season, went back to Rockford, whose regular season was still going on, Finished the regular season Racking with three more games. Flyer miles there. Absolutely. Man. And then he plays in 13 more playoff games with the Ice Hogs, and he was a crucial member to their playoff run because he scored four game-winning goals during that run. And they ended up losing to the Western Conference Final at the end of May. So he, his season went, his regular season went from mid-September to the end of May. It's essentially an NHL schedule with a full with the Stanley run. Cup run, right? Yeah, and and I know he only played about 52, 53, uh, 54 games with Sweden, so the schedule isn't as jam packed as it is the NHL. But it's still a mental grind. And when you're, he played, he basically played a full NHL season across three different hockey leagues: and these the AHL, NHL, just, and Sweden. They're not accustomed to that schedule. Hockey guys play what 45, 50 games if you yeah. go real deep. And then you're done, and it's spread out. You get a whole week off. You play Friday, Saturday, and then you get all this time to rest. It's not the same when you when you come over to North America. And for a guy like that, different ice surface is another factor. I mean, yep. With his size and his ability, he he he's he's shown flashes. And and Derek King said he's got an NHL shot. But just how do you deal? I mean, this is pretty much universal for any prospect that comes overseas and then comes to the NHL or the uh, American Hockey League. But Man, you're adding 30 to 40 games before any playoffs potentially to yeah. a kid's schedule. And I think he, he said it best when he said, you know, you have to learn how to manage. Okay, I got to work my butt off, but I also can't be exhausted on, you know, game time. Correct. And I think that's what a lot of young players are struggling with in Rockford because they're trying to make an impression every single game. They, they want to be an impact-type player, and they want to, to show that they belong in the NHL, and it, it's a stepping stone to the Blackhawks. But it's also a very long season. So you, they, they're, those young players down there are trying to balance the trying to give it 100% every game but not exhausting yourself where you become an inconsistent player or you, you're just worn out by midseason. You know, you hit a rookie wall, so... 
And that's something we talked to Anthony Lewis about, which it didn't make it in one of the pieces, but you know, he was saying, I'm used to playing 30 games in college and we haven't even hit 30 games before the all-star break. Like it, it was, it's, and, and that it's just a huge thing for all those young players. And Aitzel is no different. Uh, one of the, the bigger personalities on the team is Darren Radish, who Hanny hog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, uh, after we sat down with him, he comes back in from the, uh, from the hallway with Hammy Hogg, the mascot for the Rockford Ice Hogs, huge furry <laughs> head on his head. head. Yeah. yeah, and he sits down and takes a picture with us. But, uh, yeah, he was a fun guy to talk to. Uh, he told the PR guys in Rockford, he's like, look, I don't want to talk about Alex DeBrinkett or Dylan Strom, <laughs> which, of course, we have to discuss. Absolutely. They had a bet, they had a bet <laughs> going into it that, you know, when we requested Darren, he said uh, – It would be the first question. Yeah, it'd be, he, was like, he was like, they're going to ask me about – the, the Erie Otters connection, aren't they? So I was like, okay, maybe I'll ask him at the end of it. And right. Throw him a loop, but no, it, he was fun. Um, so he's a he's a puck-moving defenseman. He put up huge, huge numbers with mm-hmm. the Erie Otters, um, playing with Strom, playing with DeBrinket. Obviously knows those guys very well. You know, he told us, uh, you know, as soon as we fo- he found out about the trade, he FaceTimed DeBrinket, and he said we were looking at the camera on FaceTime for five seconds just going, ah, <laughs> and screaming. Yeah. And then he was really excited to have them both in the organization. But, you know, his goal is to join those guys with the Blackhawks, and he's putting on a heck of a uh, display so far this year. Yeah, he's already matched his point total, and, and he's done so in 23 fewer games than last year. So the interesting thing about him, and a lot of people forget, Radish, Strom, and Debrinka, they played for each other for – together for three years and, and Radish and Strom were, were there for four years so I mean they, they absolutely I think Radish is actually the the highest scoring defenseman in Iriata's history so yeah. that, he won uh, the OHL defenseman of the year yes by it, breaking like every points record which yeah. is you go look at some of the names that have played in the OHL like and what they've done the fact that Radish did that is something else yeah for sure and, and I think the uh the, the big thing with him is he's obviously an offensive player, and, and it was interesting when we were talking with him. He said uh, after the 2017 season, he signed an AHL contract with the Ice Hogs. So after you know he, that breakout season in the OHL, he signs with the Blackhawks an AHL contract, and it was because the Blackhawks didn't have a lot of right-handed shot defensemen. And now Things you look changed. at the roster, yeah. <laughs> things have definitely changed in the pipeline where they've got Boquist, Yoki Haru, Ian Mitchell – uh, you know, in the big club, it's Brent Seabrook, Connor Murphy are there. You know, all these, all these right-handed shot defensemen, they're kind of loaded in that department. So you wonder where he kind of fits into the plans. But I think that's really going to be ultimately up to him. Uh, he, you know, he, he's putting up solid numbers. The, the biggest thing when we asked him what the biggest difference from last year was, and he said he's confident with the puck and he's, he knows when to pinch and when, when to stay back. You know, it was different where... Last year, he was kind of hesitant to, mm-hmm. to join the rush and things like that. Now he's being a little bit more aggressive, and I think that better suits the style that the Blackhawks want to play. I'm not sure when you know, he would potentially get a look with the Blackhawks, but it's encouraging that he's doing, the, he's doing this in, in Rockford, and he's, uh, you know, I, I would like to see him get a shot with the Blackhawks. Uh, same. You know, I'd love I, to see him even at some point this season if they, if they can, you know, whether – trades happen or injuries down the road I'd love to see him get a shot because of what he's done he works hard and everyone seems to really like him but and we see it every year almost every year someone breaks camp with the Blackhawks that you were like whoa I did not see that coming and there's a lot of opportunity especially on the blue line because there's no one that's really solidified themselves outside of your you know your veterans Keith Seabrook and Murphy essentially who are you're expecting to be there Um, and then uh, 
Yoki Haru, a part of the plan, there's no guarantee that Boquist or Mitchell or any of these other guys stick. You know, Gustav Forsling is included in there. So Radish has a chance, if he puts on a good training camp, to crack the NHL roster to start the season. We've seen it. You know, Trevor Van Riemsdyk was a perfect example. How many people had heard of him before he cracked the roster with the Blackhawks you know, to start the season? He's got an opportunity. Like you said, though, it's, it's going to be tough with how many right-handed shots they've got. Yeah, and not only that, is just, there's just there aren't a lot of spots with the Blackhawks. Like, there are a lot of – like, they sent Henry Yokiharu down, and he's – they they did that because well Gustav Forsling I'm not saying this is a, a primary reason but Gustav Forsling coming back from injury so he's you know if Yoki Haru was still there they'd be carrying eight defensemen so it's like you, you have to move parts around to make it work so it's not it's not as easy as as it sounds but you know at the same time you, you kind of do want to see where his game is at at the NHL level we uh, we spent an entire day in Rockford got to know the guys pretty well and. Coming up, we'll, uh, we'll tell you about our chat with Derek King, who's quite the character himself as the uh, current head coach of the Rockford Ice Sogs. And boy, do those guys spend a lot of time on the ice day to day. We'll be right back. Get all of your Blackhawks news in the palm of your hand with the My Teams app by NBC Sports. The best place to stream the games, watch highlights, read articles, and more. Download the My Teams app today. So, Derek King, now the interim head coach of the Rockford Ice Sogs after Jeremy Colleton gets his promotion. You know, we asked King how this has been for him, and we can tell right off the bat what kind of guy he was because he joked to both of us. He's like, well, I was mad I didn't get the call. Why didn't they call me and promote me to head coach of the Blackhawks? And, you know, mentioned it earlier, he he just seems like he's one of the guys. And I think even though he's older, a lot of the guys in Rockford really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And they need someone like that. And it's been hard on Derek King, too. You know, we asked Jeremy Colleton before, before the All-Star break, you know, he said it. This is finally your time to actually like unwind and maybe remind your family that you still exist because <laughs> he's just been so go 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 ever since he got the Blackhawks job and he welcomed his third child into the world a week and then a week later he gets promoted to the Blackhawks. So the that the trickle down effect goes to Rockford and it goes to Derek King who gets promoted as interim coach and then Sheldon Brookbank joins Jeremy Colleton. So his staff shrinks and and now Anders Sorensen is there. So. There's a little bit more structure down there now, but it was I'm sure it was difficult for Derek King because he's he's been an assistant coach his entire career, so his entire coaching career. So he's not he's obviously been around coaches and he he knows how to maybe handle the situation from from learning how those guys handled it above him. But now that he's the guy, he's learning how to manage. Okay, the Blackhawks made a call up, and now he's got to readjust his roster, or there's an injury, and now the Blackhawks have are sending someone down and you get someone new added to your line you know so it's, it's tough it's, game to game it's very tough and and those those guys have it have it tough those coaches and I think Derek King is doing a great job managing it and especially with the injuries like he's losing guys left and right and then he's getting guys and they're getting called up to Chicago and, and things like that so I think I think Derek said it, at first it was like he was like you just got hit in the face with this and but obviously the transition is smoothed uh, smoothed a little bit so the day we were there, the we got an email saying that they'd be on the ice doing drills at 10.15. <laughs> then practice actually starts at 11 o'clock. So they went about 30 minutes, I think, with their on-ice drills, which King told us they try to do every day they possibly can on a non-game day. So half a half hour of working on drills. Brian Campbell was there, mm-hmm. um, who's been kind of helping out with the defensemen in the Blackhawks organization. You obviously know that 
you know, he's been working with Adam Boakvist as well with, in London. Um, Peter Aubrey, the developmental goalie coach, and King. Kevin Delaney, one of the uh, organization's skating coaches, and a lot of these guys mentioned skating is something that they need to improve on. They spend a lot of time on the ice day to day. Yeah, it's, and, and that's part of the, what we, back in the first segment, we were talking about the grind of a season. Like, this is part of the grind. Like, you're, you're waking up early and you're practicing a couple hours a day and then got to do it all over again the next day and things like that. So it, that's, that's life in the pros. And, and I think that's uh, a big part of the adjustment that these young players are going through. So, you know, obviously I'm sure they have a lot of rest days built in, but in, in the AHL, you got three games in three days too. Right. Like those are, you don't have a lot of practice time when you, especially when you have a three games and three days stretch, like you got to give your guys a day off. So when you do get that practice time, you kind of want to maximize it. He also gave us, um, a lot of intel on some of the secondary players or secondary names that you know Blackhawks fans might not know. You know, he said Lucas Carlson, the defenseman, was was the biggest surprise, and he's got NHL game, but he's he just needs to basically get faster. Yeah, and he and he's been injured, so it's been difficult. Another Shocker, yeah, another exactly. injury. Another so tough injury. you know that's that's been unfortunate. And I think he's he's he is one of the standouts in Rockford. So when Carl Dahlstrom got. Uh, recalled it was kind of maybe like a little bit of a surprise because Lucas Carlson was playing well and he's one of the guys that you expected to to get one of the uh, a chance in the NHL to to prove himself this year so um, the the one thing that stood out to me about Carlson though is how he he called Derek King called him a a character uh, a character guy or actually was that that was Tulola that was Tulola yeah yeah see all those defensemen even Radish so that's the the best thing Tulola and Radish have spent a, a decent amount of time from what I gather as a defensive pairing this year. Could you imagine those two on the ice? Yeah. Like apparently with how goofy they both are, that's that's a fun pairing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, and Tolola's another guy that that they're they're it's just it's just different. And I'm gonna lump in the Carl Carl Dahlstrom uh situation. When we talked when he got called up it was a little bit of a surprise because he yeah. wasn't very he wasn't his numbers were not with, impressive. No. He was a minus eleven rating. I know it's not a a great stat, but you know, I don't know how else you to quantify use it, it in, exactly, in yeah. the AHL, you know, so it like what he got called up and, and he, he's been a pillar on the Blackhawks defense drawing comp. Dahlstrom draw. and Murphy have literally been just the only consistent pairing since the beginning of December when Murphy got called or when Murphy came back from injury. And then I think it was two games later, Dahlstrom, um, got called up, they became a pairing, and there was only one or two games where they have not been paired together. One was when Dahlstrom was a healthy scratch. But, I mean... I, I, I looked this up. Dahlstrom is among the top... This was before the All-Star break. Dahlstrom was in the top five NHL players in quality of competition at five-on-five. Five. Wow. Like he was facing the top competition on a nightly basis shows you the trust that Colleton has in him and, and in Connor yeah Murphy. and and the one thing that Derek King said about him is you know he was very um his game is translating at the NHL level better than it is AHL because it, they're more structured in the yeah. NHL and in the AHL they're you know they could be a little bit sloppy and guys you know so when he knows when to expect players to be where he, he can think the game more like an NHL player than where sometimes in the AHL Guys just might wing it, and Correct. you know you're expecting them to do one thing, and all of a sudden you're kind of thrown for a loop. Correct, and 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 that's kind of what I was getting at, circling back to the Carlson and Tulola. Is how, you kind of want to see how their game translates at the NHL level? Because if Carl Dahlstrom, if that fits for him, 
you know, how, how will it be for Tulola and for Carlson and even for Darren Radish? Like, how would those guys perform at the NHL level? So that, that's why it's in, it would be cool to, to see, to, to get a glimpse of however many players you can at the NHL level this season when, when they're in a transition year. When you look at the Rockford Ice Hogs, if you go through the stats this year and last year, there's a name that's going to be near the top of their point scorers that doesn't get talked about a lot, and it's Anthony Lewis. Mm -hmm. He is a smaller guy, and you know we talked to him about him watching Alex DeBrinkin, what he's done in the NHL and with the Blackhawks, and if he can try to replicate that. They've got a similar style. Lewis is a speed guy, small guy. Um, you know, Derek King told us he's he's been a little bit colder this year than what he expected but you know they counted on him to be a consistent scorer and a points guy yeah and and I asked Anthony I was like listen it's got to be encouraging to see Alex Dabrinkit putting up these monster numbers in Chicago as a guy that's also five foot seven and he said absolutely because if the way the NHL game is is trending Anthony Lewis he admitted it he said I wouldn't even I wouldn't have gotten a look right. if the NHL like 10 years ago he, he wouldn't have been on a radar on any NHL team. And now he's, you know, he obviously said he, he's, he's still working on his consistency. And that's, that's the challenging part for him. You're five foot seven. You want to make an impact on a nightly basis, but you also want to be a consistent player. Like that's, that's difficult as a guy that's five foot seven. Cause you can't just coast on games. Like yeah. you're, you're earning, you, you're, you got to keep your feet moving. Nonstop, right? Yep. So that's that's obviously been the challenge, and of course he, I think he's only like 150ish pounds, so he's certainly going to need to get stronger, and I think that'll come over time uh, while his his frame develops. But that's a guy, that's another guy where I, I'd be curious to see who, how he fits in. I, he's to me, he's a bottom six guy, but if he could be a complement to to one of the, if you to your potential third line, like you know that would be solid. Again. We're we're trying to make cases for all these guys because sure. you you don't know what you have until you see them in the, at the NHL level, you know. So it's not like all these players aren't going to pan out and all these players aren't going to eventually make it to the Blackhawks. Some some of it is some of these guys are going to have to get moved eventually as they develop into you know NHL players. You, you actually know what you have in them and then they get shifted around. So uh, that's the, maybe the silver lining of the the current state of the Blackhawks is you, it allows you to maybe move some guys out at the trade deadline and open up these spots for these guys to see what you have in them going forward. And even, even if they do get the call up and you can't, he's not a finished product after 15 games, after 30 games. We've seen that with guys like Aitzel who got a cup of coffee last year, Dylan Secura who's got, you know, a couple opportunities with the Blackhawks. Like they, they need their time. They need to adjust to the NHL game. The biggest difference by far is the speed and strength of every player in the NHL compared to the American Hockey League. Every step up you go, it's the same exact thing. When you go from the OHL to the AHL, wow, guys are a little bit smarter, guys are a little bit quicker, guys are a little bit stronger. When you go from the AHL to the NHL, it's twofold. And guys learn very quickly, wow, you know, I, I was a speedster in college, but when I get up here, all these guys, even guys twice my size, skate just as fast. Yeah, and a lot of these young players are learning. Like, it's weird. You ask all the young guys down there, and they're saying, you know, they say, well, at the NHL level, you have to make quick decisions with the puck. And then they say, well, you have more time than you realize. You know, so they're trying to find that balance of making quick decisions but right. not overreacting to these. Uh, you know, you, you do have time to hold on to the puck and things like that, so you don't want to get rid of it too quickly. And that's another balance that th those guys are trying to figure out. And it all comes with reps. The Absolutely. more ice time you get, the more these guys will learn. Uh, it was a really, really great uh, trip for us. We got tons of great stuff. 
Uh, great job by you, Charlie, with all yep. the all the pieces that we've had on NBCSportsChicago.com. And, and you as well with the videos. We've been we've, cranking those out, yeah, too. Yeah, we've got all these guys sat down with us, and, and we've got a lot of great stuff. So check it out on NBCSportsChicago.com and on the My Teams app. Uh, a big thanks to Joey and Chris on the, or yeah. the Ice Hogs staff helping us out. They pretty much gave us everything we wanted and then some. So yeah, those guys we, are awesome. Yeah, we hope to make a trip out there again soon and, and make it more frequent. Obviously, the, uh, the nine-day break in the schedule for the Blackhawks certainly helps. So. Uh, we were fortunate that we were able to go out there and we were gracious uh, or we were grateful for, for their time. So there we go. That's our Rockford Ice Hogs recap. Charlie Romeliotis and Mislavko Bekovic. Uh, it, was a, it was a fun day in Rockford. We'll definitely make it uh, another time. We'll have to uh, get an update on the other prospects in the organization coming up soon, too. Yeah. Give the people what they want. There you go. All right. We'll be uh, back with more on the next Blackhawks Talk podcast. Thanks for listening. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.